0: Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Jeff Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands on my underwear. Lam- Where's the, Lam- Where's the Lam- 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 Off- offended Yeah, I mean, you really don't want to make friends around here, do you? I. I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast where we revisit the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and welcome to episode 17. Thank you all for joining me once again, and a big thank you for um, the people who did leave me a rating and a review. I think a couple ratings and a review last week after I complained about my, um, my bad review, so I really appreciate that. I did notice that um, this week once again has been very crazy um and once again this is kind of down to the wire it is monday night i did not record two episodes last week like i said i was going to i knew i was really lying to myself and you when i said i was going to do that but i thought maybe if i spoke it you know into existence it would actually happen But it didn't. Um, But that's because I, you know, got the keys to the new apartment and started moving in and, you know, trying to pack up my life and move stuff over there, and I've been busy, so shit's crazy um also last week was like very hard in general just being a person um who is involved in reproductive rights and abortion access and things like that so uh if you are of that mindset i highly encourage you to donate to an abortion fund of your choice um you can look up the national network of abortion funds um see if there is a abortion fund that's local to you Planned Parenthood is really great when it comes to reproductive health, um, but they don't do the majority of abortions in America. That would be independent clinics, and abortion funds do really great work with just getting um, money into people's hands so that they can, you know, pay for their procedures and figure out logistics like travel and lodging and things like that. So anyway, that's just my my little PSA to the world. Um, so this week I wanted to talk about punk because I was craving a little bit more celeb reality. It's been a couple of weeks since we've touched on the celebrities. It's been you know some weeks of normal folks so I wanted to dive back into MTV because they have some of my favorite reality shows. Now this is something that I never watched as a kid. Um, These kinds of shows like hidden camera and like celebrity prank shows and things like that I always thought were pretty boring and I never really chose to watch them of my own volition. I guess I would like stumble onto them if someone was watching them in the living room or something, but I never really cared for them myself, so I thought it would be interesting to kind of go back and see what punked was like, you know from two thousand nineteen perspective um so honestly i will be I will be honest this episode is probably not going to be very long. Uh, punk isn't a very long show in general and I don't know how long I'm going to get out of this recap and you know there wasn't a ton of background in general and I don't have a lot to talk about so I don't know this might be like my shortest episode ever and if it is I'm really sorry you guys like I said life is just like really nuts right now but in a couple of weeks I should have some free time and I'm really planning on like buckling down and getting some stuff done um, but let's jump into punk and go through the background. So it was originally created by Ashton Kutcher. He is one of the executive producers on the show, um, and also a man named Jason Goldberg. And it ran on MTV. Um, the original run was from 2003 to 2007, and then it was briefly revived in 2012 for a single additional season. Um, that season wasn't hosted by Ashton Kutcher. It was hosted by various other celebrities, just Justin Bieber I almost said Justin Timberlake you'll see why in a minute um, Justin Bieber was like one of the hosts that did it that season and then BET um, revived a version as well in 2015 um, I think it only ran for one season in 2015 as well and that was hosted by King Batch and Distorm Power um, and I'm pretty sure King Batch is famous from Vine and I don't know if he was ever known for stuff before if he was like just famous from Vine Remember Vine, you guys? I miss Vine. That was like a flash in the pan of pop culture history. So, the original concept for the show Punked was uh, a show called Harassment, and Ashton Kutcher was just going to pull pranks on like regular old folks like you and me. So, that concept was pulled um, because they pulled a prank involving a fake dead body um, on some unsuspecting guests at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas. And those folks did not take it very well and ended up suing MTV and Ashton Kutcher for $10 million for emotional distress. Uh, so after that, they decided that they were just going to uh, rework it and pull pranks on celebrities instead. I guess because they could like work through the celebrities' like management and stuff to set things up without them knowing, but they would also have to be cool with it because their management made them do it? I don't know. Um, so I did read this pretty interesting article on Huffington Post. It was just a couple of years ago and it went into a little bit more of the background on punk and how it was really more dangerous than it was ever portrayed or ever kind of leaked. Um, so a lot of the actors who played you know the accomplices in the pranks they really felt pressured to keep going with pranks that were potentially too dangerous. It um, just kind of this unspoken pressure that if you don't go along with it it might cost you your job uh so you know kind of just that exploitation in hollywood of like the higher power people putting that pressure on the lower power people um and their like onset legal counsel sort of towed the line uh he was interviewed for the article and he mentioned how up until that point most on set lawyers kind of were very rigid and just didn't take any risk whatsoever and he wanted to take more risks but based on some of the things other people were saying they maybe he took too many um so one of the things that you know i found particularly disturbing was that um one actor was uh going to be a driver in a, a prank involving um like a road rage, fake road rage. And he was supposed to do this maneuver where he acted like he was going to swerve into a car, but then, you know, he corrects himself, obviously doesn't swerve into the car. Um, And so he'd only had one afternoon of training for that particular stunt and he just didn't feel well prepared for it, but he still did it. Uh, Whereas that probably just should have been done by a professional stunt person from the jump. So there was some stuff that happened that was maybe not so, great but it like didn't ever really make it to air and they cut out anything controversial um or anything that could have been like accused of them being dangerous or just not protecting their actors or the celebrities that were that were involved um also like a few people almost got beat up (laughs) Like, just for pranking the celebrities. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin looked like he was about to punch someone, so they, like, revealed the prank. And then Zach Braff, like, almost hit someone. (laughs) Which is not surprising, because Zach Braff is, like, I think, known for being an asshole. So, the episode that I picked, and again, apologies. I only did, I only watched one episode. I knew what I was going to watch going into this. I knew exactly what I wanted to watch. Um, but I ideally would have watched some more episodes to kind of give me more of a feel of the show in general but like I mentioned this week has been really crazy so we're doing season one episode one and I know that sounds like very cliche just starting at the beginning but the reason that I wanted to do that is because the prank that happens I mean there are a couple pranks but the prank that happens in this one is like iconic Is it's set the scene for all of the punked pranks to come it's widely regarded as the best prank to ever come out of punk and like one of the best reality TV show moments of all time in general. So uh, we're doing season one, episode one, and the title is called My Assistant Repossessed and VH1 Big in, big in 2002 Awards. Um, so this is, yeah, this is the very first episode of punk So it starts with a voiceover, I guess, just explaining what the concept is. Um, it's a very like, yeah, I'm an intense guy in 2003 kind of voice. So it's like, tonight on Punk um So it says that Ashton Kutcher and his crew of pranksters will target your favorite celebrities. Frankie Muniz gets taken for a ride. Justin Timberlake learns the price of fame. And the red carpet will never be the same. It's all next on punk And then we get the punk theme song. <laughs> okay. So we get... um. Ashton Kutcher he has these like little talking head interstitial scenes in between each of the pranks where he just kind of like explains what they're about to do or like rags on the celebrity a little bit so I guess this is the very first ever talking head and he's explaining what the concept of the show is. Um, So he mentions being punked what that means It's you get dissed anything to make you feel like an idiot a moron if you're pissed you probably got punked I didn't realize that punked was like an actual slang term. I thought that it came from this show and that it was just made up for this show. And so I was like talking about you know I wrote you know I was talking shit in the notes that I was writing being like mm, he acts like this is a thing. And then I was like I better double check this shit before I, I talk to my mic and act like I'm an expert because that's why I got a bad review. <laughs> um, so yes punked is a real term but I didn't know that when I was I don't know 11 when this was airing. So, yeah, he just basically explains that MTV gives him lots of money to make a show and pull pranks on his friends and other celebrities. Um, So he first he's going to talk about Frankie Muniz because that's our first prank of the of the show. So at this point in time, Frankie Muniz was only 16, but he has like a super nice car. So Ashton decides that he wants to steal his car. Um, so what they're going to do is they have the director who directed Ashton's movie, Just Married, with Brittany Murphy, R.I.P. Um, he also directed Frankie's movie, Big Fat Liar, which I loved. Um, so they're going to use the director as like the connection for the two. And basically they're going to tell Frankie that uh, there is a movie role for him. Um, Ashton's interested in doing this with him and come to this business meeting. And so while he's inside talking to Ashton, the director, um, they're going to have Dax, steal his car so this is our introduction to Dax Shepard I don't know if it's the world's introduction to Dax Shepard but I was like oh hey Kristen Bell's husband's in this show um so yeah Dax is like the minion of these pranks and he's going to steal uh Frankie's car so they show these clips of Ashton kind of like setting the prank up and communicating with everyone like explaining how it's going to go down um just being the super like big man on campus behind the scenes um And so we see Frankie pulling up to the restaurant where they're going to meet. And so there, of course, there are hidden cameras everywhere. So we get a couple of different angles of him pulling up. And he's getting out of his very nice, very fancy car, um, which is apparently a Porsche Roadster, I think they said. It's a fancy, expensive, rare car. That's all you need to know. So I guess he gets out of the car and Dax kind of just shadows him a little bit. Um, And so they kind of walk together and Dax comments on the car and says that it's nice. And Frankie's like, Oh yeah, thanks man. Whatever. Um, So Frankie walks into the restaurant and he meets up with the director and Ashton Kutcher and they all sit down and start talking about the fake movie. Yeah. So wouldn't you be upset? I I was thinking about it at this point. I would be real annoyed. I mean, maybe it doesn't matter because you're Frankie Muniz and at this point in your life, you're like rolling in dough, but I personally, if I were an actor whose paycheck, you know, depends on the work that I do, if someone called and set up a business meeting and said they wanted to make a movie with me and, you know, went through this whole process of explaining the movie and explaining the concept and getting me on board and I start to get really excited and then the setup is all for a prank and not only that, but it's just like a prank where you like shit on me and steal my car and then the movie deal isn't even real, I would be pissed. But I don't know. I guess Frankie's okay with it because he has like big Malcolm in the Middle money at this point. Um, So Ashton explains the concept of the fake movie that's not happening. um, And it's going to be like a brother's kind of movie. He'll be the older brother, a senior in high school. And Frankie will be like the little brother um, who's a freshman. He compares it. He's like, oh, it'll be kind of like Wally and the Beeve," And I was like, "Who the f- what's the Wally and the Beeve?" So I Googled it and it's Leave it to Beaver. Um, was this a relevant reference in 2003? is isn't Leave it to Beaver like from the 50s. I guess maybe it was just more known in like the cultural consciousness. But yeah, I, I wouldn't have known unless I had Googled it. Um, and also there's going to have it's going to have something to do with basketball. They bring that up. And so while Ashton is explaining his, like, fake movie concept to Frankie, we see shots of Dax just grabbing his car and driving away. Um, so the, the car is gone. The car is stolen at this point. So Frankie asks some questions. <laughs> Poor Frankie. Like, you know, he's trying to figure out what's happening with his gig that he's trying to land. So he's asking about, like, the movie. Is it going to be a comedy? Is it going to be a drama? And Ashton, I guess, is just, like, improv here and says that it's going to be more dramatic which is kind of funny to me because the way that he was explaining it at first it definitely sounded like a setup for a comedy and so after the car is gone um Ashton's assistant or someone playing his assistant uh I guess just walks in and um I guess that's supposed to cue that the car is gone so they can like wrap up the meeting now Also, at this point, Frankie's talking about how excited he is to be in the movie. So, again, poor Frankie. Um, And he also says, this is why I mentioned the thing about basketball, because he says this little tidbit that I didn't want to leave out. He says that he's six inches from dunking a basketball, which I don't know whether to believe him or not, because he says that like it's really impressive but that is also half a foot away from dunking a basketball, which is not even close. Really? Is it? But is that impressive for Frankie Munez because he's so short? Is he lying? Could he really get that much air? I want to get to the truth. <laughs> I want to get down to the truth of the matter. If someone has some hidden footage from 16 years ago of Frankie Munez playing basketball, send that shit to me. Alright, so they start walking outside, um, leading Frankie to his car, or where his car is supposed to be. Um, And we even see Ashton give like a little wink to the hidden camera as they pass by. So yeah, he's like, yeah, we're in on the joke. So they're leading Frankie out, and they're kind of eh egging him on, sorry, um, asking him questions about the car. So yes, it's a Porsche. It's some kind of custom Porsche that's very rare and very expensive, Um, And so they get out and Frankie asks the valet where the car is. And then the valet tells him that he gave the car to the guy that he was with earlier. So that man being Dax who is just like skulking around. And obviously, as you would, Frankie starts like freaking the fuck out. Um, So he says the car is $250,000. So that's a quarter of a million dollars. Um, And once it's gone, it's irreplaceable. There's only 200 of them in the world. I wonder where the other 199 cars are and if he could potentially buy one of those if he needed to. And then Ashton tells him that he shouldn't be valeting a car like that anyway. So Um, he starts freaking out, of course. Uh, He says that his phone was also in the car, which I guess is a big deal at this time because it's 2003 and, like, you know, it's kind of cool to have a cell phone. You don't want to lose it in your car. Um, So Ashton says he's going to, like, go talk to the cops and walks across the street and then the director... I think his name's Aaron. We'll call him Aaron. Aaron says that um, he's going to talk to the other valet across the street, which I don't know why that would be any kind of help whatsoever. Obviously, they're both faking it, but it just seems like stupid excuses. Um, And so the assistant, the Ashton's assistant who had gone into the restaurant um, is still there with them, and he's talking to Frankie, and he's like, well, I guess you didn't hear him or pretended not to hear him or something when Frankie said it was $250,000. And he's like, well, it, it couldn't be that expensive, could it? And he's like, you know, that's $200,000, man. There's no others in the world. Nah. Um, So the director comes back from across the street and said that the cop told him uh, to have Frankie call his own cell phone to see if the guy who stole the car will answer, which is dumb. If you, like, sit down there and think about it for a second, why the fuck would anyone who's driving away through your stolen car answer your stolen cell phone and be like, oh, yeah, hey, what's up? Um, but, you know, Frankie isn't thinking straight at this point so he's like yeah okay sure um so the director Aaron Aaron as we named him I'm pretty sure his name is Aaron um he gives Frankie his phone and he calls his own phone at the car and so Dax picks up because this was all part of the plan um and Frankie just says do you have my car (laughs) and so we get uh at this point while they're having the conversation the camera's cutting back and forth between Dax and Frankie and Dax is not driving he is sitting in a chair it's like a clear hanging egg chair at this point I'm reminded to add more items to my like home decor wish list that I've been making for the new apartment Um, and so yeah Dax says no I have my own car and so Frankie's like well if you have my phone you have my car Dax is like no this is my phone who are you and so Frankie's freaking the fuck out and starting to get more and more flustered Um, and he's like "Well, where are you Dax says I'm driving He's like, okay, well, uh, can you come to Sweetser Avenue? And Dax is just like, well, why would I go there? And so at this point, Frankie offers him money. And so he just he doesn't say how much money. He just, like, offers him an unspe- unspecified amount of money. He's just like, for money. And Dax is like, well, I don't need money because I have this $100,000 car. So Ashton's little talking head butts in here. Um, and he says that, you know, when people start to panic, they lose their Noodle. He puts it that way. Um, so he says, if Frankie would just stop and look for a second across the like stop for a second and look across the street, he'd see Dax talking to him on his own cell phone. That doesn't make sense to me because Dax is like inside the lobby of a building in his little hanging egg chair on the cell phone. I feel like it would be hard to look across the street into the lobby of a building at a man sitting in a chair talking on a cell phone recognize that cell phone as your own cell phone and that man is a man you saw just like shadowing you in a parking lot earlier so does does Frankie know Dax Shepard like does he know him personally at this point or just does he know of him so many questions anyway so yeah Ashton's whole thing is like oh he could just look across the street and I'm like oh he could realize that no one would answer his phone and that's why it's dumb Um, So Dax tells Frankie that he's going to sell the car and go to Hawaii. And Frankie tells him that he will send him to Hawaii if he just brings his car back. So Dax is like, oh, well, I have a girlfriend, too. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll send her, too. I was hoping that his girlfriend was Kristen Bell, but it wasn't. They didn't start dating until 2007, so I was kind of sad. I was like, yeah, send Kristen and Dax to Hawaii. And so Dax asks for first-class tickets to Hawaii, and Frankie says, yes, yes. Uh, he'll even pay the hotel reservation and get you a rental car. And Dax asks for a Mac Daddy pimp suite. And Frankie's like, yeah, sure, I'll give it to you. He's like, no, nah, tell me. Tell me that you'll give me the Mac Daddy suite. And he's like, I will give you the Mac Daddy suite. And then Dax just hangs up on him. So he starts freaking out and then just starts yelling at the valet parking guy. And I feel bad for him. I mean, I'm sure he was in on this. He might even be a punked actor himself, but... Yeah, Frankie is just, like, doesn't know who else to take it out on. Um, And then here comes Ashton driving up in Frankie's car, and he's just waving to him through the front windshield, and Frankie is just, like, staring at him in disbelief. And then Ashton, like, leans his head out of the window and tells him, you got punked. So, yeah, that's, like, the start of the catchphrase, the you got punked catchphrase. Which, again, do they, like, know what that means? I mean, yes, it's a real phrase, but... Do they know what it means when Ashton Kutcher tells them that they got punked? Do they know that that means they're, like, on a hidden camera show? I guess he can figure it out from the context clues. Whatever. Um, And so, at this point, the guy who's playing or who actually is Ashton Kutcher's assistant comes up and just, like, wraps Frankie in this bear hug from behind. And I'm wondering if it's just to protect everyone around in case he decides to, like, start swinging but he, he does all right. Um, you know, they kind of like point out the hidden cameras and Frankie just like throws his keys at them. But he's laughing and all things considered, he takes it pretty well. Like he doesn't try to attack anyone. Um, but he says like, oh man, I was like so scared and I'm still shaking. And that's it. That's the end of Frankie's segment. So that was the first little prank, and it was pretty good, pretty funny. Um, but this next one is the reason why I wanted to do this episode specifically. This is widely regarded as the best prank of the series, so they set the bar really high on this, and maybe they shouldn't. Maybe they should So um, the next segment starts with Ashton having a talking head, and he says that they're going to get Justin Timberlake. Um, he tells us that Justin Timberlake is the one of the number one recording artists in the country, so you know that dates it, because when is the last time you've even put out music? Um, and Ashton, at this point, spends some time making fun of boy bands, but he does admit that Justin Timberlake has talent. So, they're going to go into his home and take his shit. Um, we see shots of Justin Timberlake's brand new house, and outside of it there are like tons of moving boxes and vans and things like that. So Ashton tells us that what they're going to do is bring in the tax enforcement agency to seize all of his property and tell Justin that he has hundreds of thousands of dollars in back taxes. But what Justin doesn't know is that there is no such thing as the tax enforcement agency that comes and repossesses your stuff. And so this is probably, I don't know. I think this might be my favorite part of the episode because we get a really fun little behind the scenes moment. Um, We see like the production designer showing all of the labels Um, just the like notices and things that they're sticking on the boxes and on the house. It's like notice of repossession. Uh, he shows like the decals that they made to like put on their trucks and stuff and make it look like it's an official government vehicle. They have fake notice letters that they're going to like show to him and tell him that they sent and fake ID badges and it all looks super official. And that's really cool. Um, because one of the podcasts that I love very much and that's why we drink Uh, one of the hosts on that podcast, M, before they left their day job to be a full-time podcast host and tour the country and shit like that. They were, they like worked in a prop house and made things like this for um, TV shows and movies and they would talk about some of the stuff that they did on episodes of their podcast and it was something that I had never really thought about until I had heard it uh, on that podcast and it was really cool so seeing that in this episode now reminded me of that and I was just like yeah that's like a lot of hard work that goes into everything we see on tv and we don't even think about it or like acknowledge it ever so shout out to like production designers and pas and interns and all of the people that make the world go round behind the scenes in hollywood like you guys are the real mvps um, so, anyway, back to the actual podcast. Uh, Ashton explains that Dax is going to play the head of the repo agency. And so, Dax is just, like, having a great time. Like, he, this, he's born for this role because he's really feeling himself. Um, so, he vamps for a little bit and he's, you know, pretending to be, like, the actual tax enforcer guy. Um, tells us that they're going to take all of Justin Timberlake's possessions to recoup the loss from the $900,000 back taxes that he didn't pay. They're gonna take his Cadillac Escalade. They're gonna take his Porsche. They're gonna take his guitar. They're gonna take his house. They're gonna like come and take everything. And so we also see that they have Justin's mom in on it. And I just wanted to point out, she is so cute. Um, she has like short curly hair. And it reminds me of like how Justin used to have like the ramen noodle hair that was like super, super curly. Hers isn't bleached out like that though. Um, and she's wearing this bedazzled in sync like red rhinestone hoodie and it is the most 2003 thing I've ever seen but it's also super cute Um, so we also see someone who is labeled Trace uh, who's supposedly one of Justin's friends he's wearing a black hoodie a sideways ball cap he has diamond studs in both of his ears and he has a little like early 2000s landing strip goatee he looks like every guy that my stepsister dated into the early 2000s So Justin pulls up um, in a black SUV, and um, Dax and Trace are, like, you know, talking to each other very intensely, and Trace sees him and calls him over. Um, So Dax introduces himself to Justin as Agent Shepard with the U.S. Tax Enforcement Agency and tells him that a lien has been placed against his possessions and that he owes $900,000 in back taxes. Um, So he's telling him all of this. He's telling him that they tried to contact his people several times And Justin's mouth is like slack and he looks shaken to his core and he has like no idea that what's going on and he fully believes everything that's happening. So he starts freaking out obviously and he's like who did you try to contact? So Dax pulls out all of those fake letters that we just saw and tells him that you know they were sent to your manager and they were sent to your production company but they were all ignored or they returned. Um, And he tells him that he has an outstanding balance of $904,000 in back taxes. So he tells him that his house has been seized and is now property of the government and he can't go inside. um, And that he can't like go inside or have any of his stuff until they have the court case and all of that will just get straightened out from there. Um, So Justin like gets on somebody's cell phone. I don't know if it's his cell phone or Trace's cell phone. I guess he's trying to like talk to his manager and figure out what's going on. And he's just like staring at everyone in shock as all of the tax agents uh, start to like box everything up and are carrying all these moving boxes like around and out of the house and stuff. Um, and Dax is just like walking around and directing all of the agents, like, "Oh, come here, do that, go over here." Also, Trace is doing a really good job playing along and like pretending to be like really freaked out and shook along with Justin, but I can tell in some of the scenes. When Justin like isn't looking, his his face is starting to crack a little bit, but he keeps it together more or less. Um, so Trace tells Dax that the house is worth eight eight million dollars, and Dax is like, "Well, an appraiser would disagree." And he's like, "I don't I don't live in a a neighborhood like this, so I don't really know how much they go for." But you know, the driveway isn't even paved just because it's like a, a gravel driveway. And so Justin is still you know like crying basically <laughs> and he just asked if there's a possibility that he could get his stuff back. Um Dax says that if the fee isn't recouped, they'll have to have a public auction with all of the stuff and that his dogs will have to be put in a government pound. And this part is so actually like genuinely heartbreaking because this is the first time they had mentioned the dogs. And so Justin like looks at him and he goes, "You took my dogs?" and it's so sad um and I got a screenshot of like this exact moment as I was watching it just because like I don't it makes me want to cry it's just so sad the way that he's looking because his heart truly like broken too in that moment um so that'll be on the Instagram and so Trey's hands Justin uh his cell phone and it has Justin's mom on the line he's like mom you need to get over here right away um we also see a little bit more behind the scenes of Ashton. Um, he's like watching the prank go down on different monitors and stuff and feeding lines through like an earpiece to Dax. Uh, he tells him to say that they were just at Jermaine Dupree's house two weeks ago and seized all of his possessions. I had to look up who Jermaine Dupree was. I don't think he's a very relevant celebrity in today's world. Um, and I he wasn't in my sphere in 2003 whatever um so yeah Dax is still improving, and he's like fake reassuring Justin he's like oh well you know you're not going to be facing any jail time you're a handsome talented young man you'll you'll be able to replace all of this stuff eventually and Justin is just like staring at him like what the fuck are you talking about and then he tries to like compare it to Willie Nelson and he's like well you know Willie Nelson's like 70 years old he's at the end of his career and if this happened to him he'd never get all of his stuff back and so, yeah, Dax, like, tries to tell him that it's not the end of the world, and Justin literally has daggers. Like, he is staring daggers at him. He looks like he wants to kill him with, like, his eyes. Um, and so, at this point, Ashton also tries to tell Dax, like, in his earpiece to ask if the phone that Justin is on is his own and, like, try and take it from him. And so Dax comes up to him and he's like, hey, is that your phone? And Justin's like, no, and, like, turns around and will not give it to him. And so they're sitting on the steps of the house, like Trace and Justin just looking defeated. Justin is crying a little bit. Um, Dax is going through and saying that they have teams out in Memphis and Orlando, which I guess is where he has like other homes. Um, and they're seizing his property there. He says that in Florida, they're taking a Mercedes Escalade or is that maybe a Mercedes and an Escalade? It's a Cadillac Escalade, right? I don't know cars. Um, four motorcycles, a, a bunch of other car shit um and then he's like, "Well, yes, you're right. There are homestead laws in Florida, so we can't take your home there." And then he like looks at Justin. He's like, "You know, I'm feeling like there's some tension between you and I. I'm just trying to do my job." He's like giving Justin such a hard time, and it's hilarious. Um so yeah, he's just sitting there like at the steps of his house looking like he wants to die. Dax tells him that, you know, they're taking his his Cadillac Escalade or whatever kind of truck it is. Um, and he's like, you know, that'll probably get about $12,000 at public auction. And Justin's like, maybe for the tires, this truck is worth fifty. And he's like, well, you know, there's some damage on the front panel and you can tell that the truck has been taken off-road. And he's just like bullshitting. He's like, you know, I see stuff 200 days a year and I can tell you tops that that would get at an auction is 12000 Um and I guess they're just like trying to like make him go crazy because at this point they take this guitar which I is not Justin Timberlake's actual guitar I'm sure. It's just some kind of fake cheapy guitar that they are you know playing around with. Um, and so they are acting like they're going to try and box it up but it won't fit. So they just start breaking it like in front of him. And Justin at that point like springs up and is about to like go over there and like hit someone and they, a man has to like go stand in between him and the, the fake agent so that he doesn't start swinging. And so it cuts back, you know, we get like a lot of, you know, obviously the magic of editing. There's a lot of different cuts of Justin at different places on his property, like looking at them. So it cuts back to him on the stairs again, head in his hands, about to cry. And then up comes Ashton Kutcher walking up the driveway. And so then there's like this realization that sets in on on his face and like he gets up and he calls Ashton an asshole but then he like hugs him and, you know, shakes his hand. So again, like I don't, was it, like were the celebrities warned that Ashton Kutcher is going to be fucking around with you guys for the next few years while he has this TV show? So if you see him show up somewhere somewhere, after you've been in, like, a weird situation, that's what's going on. Because he, like, immediately knew that this was a prank as soon as Ashton came walking up. I mean, I guess because, like, they don't live in the same neighborhood and he doesn't usually, like, see Ashton Kutcher. I don't know. That's just something that I was wondering about. So, yeah, Ashton comes walking up and, um, you know, he t- reveals that he, he's he been punked. Um, and, yeah, he just, like, starts, like, kind of, like, hitting Ashton he says that, like, there's going to be a prank war, which doesn't happen. But that would be kind of cool if there had been a prank war between Justin Timberlake and Ashton Kutcher. I feel like that would have been, like, a very fun thing for the world to focus on in, like, 2004 instead of the presidential election that year. Um, He starts pretending to, like, attack Dax, which is funny. And then, like, he grabs some of the boxes and he's like, oh, my God, they're empty! And so then he, like, starts bowing down to Ashton and, like, gives him a handshake and says, by far, it's the best prank he's ever seen. And then he tells everyone to get the fuck off his property. Well, he doesn't say the F word, but, you know, that's, that's what he meant. <laughs> um, so the last pregn oh, God, I almost said the last pregnant, the last segment of the show, um, it's just, like, a red carpet interview, so it's not super interesting to recap, um, but I'll go into it a little bit. But the meat of the show was the celebrity pranks. And that that's what just happened. Um, so, yes, it's the 2002, or the VH1 Big in 2002 awards. And Ashton says that they are going to um, send a kid out there to interview celebrities and give them a hard time. Just, like, be obnoxious. Have, like, mistaken identities and ask them, like, inappropriate questions. So, the kid is Ryan Pinkston. Ashton tells us to the camera that he's eight I looked this up because I was like there's no way this kid is eight and according to Google the magic of Google Ryan was 14 when this was filmed but he does look young here he looks like he's probably max 12 so it's I don't know it's just kind of interesting that like Ashton told the world in this episode that he was eight um, so yeah, I'll just go through some of the things that he, he did. Cause it's not terribly interesting, but why the hell not? Um, he talks to Kid Rock and Pamela Anderson, which that's a moment in pop culture history. Uh, he asked Pam for a hug and he asked to be adopted and they like roll with it. They're really good about going with that interview. He didn't really give them a hard time. He kind of just like talked to them cause I think he genuinely just like thinks they're cool. Um, he called over Christina Aguilera and he asked her to hook up. And then she's like, oh, yeah, you want to get dirty? Which seems inappropriate because he's obviously a child. Um, <laughs> he talks to Denise Richards and he asked her how it felt to play someone smart. And then he's like, oh, have you seen the new Bond movie? Halle Berry is the best Bond girl ever. And she just like awkwardly just walks away from him. <laughs> she's like, I'm not going to stand here and be insulted by a fucking eight year old. And just like leaves. Um, he talks to Tori Amos and asked tries to ask her about Shannon Doherty and 90210 and I don't know if Tori Amos knew what was happening or not. I don't really know her. You know, we don't know each other that well. <laughs> Me and Tori, yeah. No, we don't hang out. Um, we're not close. Uh I don't I don't really know her as like a celebrity, but she's very, very sweet to him and she's just like, Oh no, sweetie, you're thinking of Tori's spelling i'm tori amos i make records (laughs) she just seems like very ethereal and like he can't get under her skin because she's like no 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 sweetie you have it wrong goodbye and she just like leaves him um christina applegate is there and she tells or he tells her that he's a huge he's a huge fan of her music and she loves genie in the bottle and she's like christina also like takes it very well and she's like oh sweetie bless your heart I'm not Christina Aguilera. She's here. I'm not her. But thank you for thinking I look like a 20-year-old. Which is cute, but he didn't. He didn't actually mistake you for a 20-year-old Christina Applegate. It's all for the bit. Also, he calls over this guy. I see this man walk over to him. He's he, A Chiron comes up with his name as if I'm supposed to know who the fuck this guy is. His name is Jonathan Shack? Or Sheck? It's spelled S-C-H-E-A-C-H. And I don't know who this man is. Um, Apparently he's an actor who was also married to Christina Applegate at that time. Um, And then Ryan, like, in the interview tells him that he was great on West Wing. And Jonathan's just like, I wasn't on West Wing. He's like, oh, you're not Rob Lowe? And I was like, yeah, Rob Lowe is actually, like, recognizable. (laughs) Um... And then he talks to Pierce Brosnan and he tells him that Sean Connery was the best Bond. And instead of like getting upset in any way, Pierce just like goes through every single actor who's ever played Bond and like asks for Ryan's opinion on all of them and then saves himself for last. And at that point he like can't be a dick to his say so he's like, yeah, you were great. And so then he's like, okay, great, best interview yet. (laughs) It's kind of funny. Um, And he calls the band Lifehouse O-Town which I guess was the ban from making the band, So maybe we should do that soon. And that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much the entire episode of Punked. Sorry if that was kind of like anticlimactic way to end it. But that's how the episode went. I should have saved Justin Timberlake for last. Sorry, guys. Um, we do get a next up with some like previews throughout the season, but I'm not going to go into that. There is one thing that I thought was funny. Um, one of the pranks that they do is, I guess, some kind of fake tv uh like reality tv home makeover show I guess and it shows this like house in the middle of nowhere and they have like a demolition machine and there's Mandy Moore and basically they crush the house and they think they make poor Mandy Moore think that she crushed somebody's house (laughs) and just like I I did want to see that episode because like Mandy Moore is just a very sweet human being she just seems like a very nice, genuine human being, and I want to know what her reaction was to thinking that she crushed someone's house. All right, guys, so that's it for uh, that's it for that episode. Um, so, where are they now? We'll go through it. Uh, Ashton Kutcher, obviously, big, huge actor. I don't want to go into all of the shit that he's done, or even some of the shit that he's done, because he's like a very famous actor. So you can look that up yourself um some more interesting stuff that you might not know is that he's also a venture capitalist like he invests in a ton of startups and things like that um he also started an anti-human trafficking organization with his then wife Demi Moore um so yes he got married and divorced from Demi Moore um and then he met Mila Kunis they had a well he didn't That was dumb. I'm sorry. He didn't meet Mila Kunis. Obviously, he was like, he had known Mila Kunis for years at that point because they were in that 70s show together. But he started dating Mila Kunis. And they had a daughter in 2014. Then they got married in 2015. And then they had their son in 2016. Um, Also, Ashton Kutcher was the first Twitter user to hit 1 million followers in 2009. So Dax Shepard he obviously is an actor as well um since he's not as big of an actor as uh as Ashton I did list some of his highlights I guess you might call them I don't know if you would call these highlights or not it's late guys um so he did Idiocracy he was in Without a Paddle which I remember watching and thinking was really stupid he was in Baby Mama that movie with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler uh he got sober in 2004 after struggling with um drugs and alcohol since he was 18 And then he met Kristen Bell um, at a party of a mutual friend. Then they began dating in 2007. They got engaged in 2010, but they waited to get married until it was legal in California for all couples of all sexual orientations to get married. So they did get married in 2013 after the Defense of Marriage Act was struck down. And they have two daughters born in March 2013 and December 2014. And currently, Dax is the host of podcast Armchair Expert, so he is a fellow podcaster. So shout out to you, Dax Shepard. Frankie Muniz also did a lot of acting. Duh. Uh, I won't go into all of that. Um, But in 2008, he kind of put his acting career on hold to pursue open wheel racing. Like cars and race car racing has been like a passion of his for apparently like a very long time since he was young. Uh, So he did that for a while. He also uh, got into music. He played drums in the band Kingsfoil from 2012 to 2014. And then in 2017, he started managing a band called Astro Lasso that had a lot of his um, former Kingsfoil bandmates in it. Uh, Sadly he did have a mini stroke in 2012 and then again in 2013 um, and he revealed in October 2017 that he suffers from a lot of memory loss and I'm guessing that's as a result of the stroke or maybe as a result of like injuries sustained while he was doing race car driving Um, but he doesn't remember a lot of uh, his childhood acting and like being on Malcolm in the Middle and stuff which is really sad Um, but on a happier note he didn't get Engaged last year um, to his longtime girlfriend and business partner Paige Price. And uh, Justin Timberlake obviously music like that's the his acting duh of like Justin Timberlake is music duh. Um, so he did acting as well. He was in he was in the movie Friends with Benefits um, which is the exact same movie as No Strings Attached which stars Ashton Kutcher. Uh, if you haven't seen those movies they're the same fucking movie. Um, he launched the clothing line William Rest in 2005 with Trace. Hey Trace. Yeah Trace like that we saw in this episode is like his friend from childhood and his business partner. Um, and Justin started dating Jessica Beale in 2007 and they married in 2012 and had a son in 2015. And then lastly I wanted to talk about Ryan Pinkston. Um, the guy like the kid who was the interviewer just because why not? Uh, so he, he's an actor. He went on to do Soul Plane, um, Spy Kids. He was on a single episode of How I Met Your Mother. And I saw that How I Met Your Mother is like one of my favorite shows, if not like my favorite show of all time. I'm really upset about how it ended, but I guess I can't complain considering that like the entire world is real pissed about Game of Thrones right now. Um, but I saw that he was on an episode of How I Met Your Mother and I was like oh that's cool I wonder what episode it was but there's no way I'm going to know just by looking at the title and then I looked at the title and I immediately knew which episode it was um, he was on the episode First Time in New York and that's like the episode when Robin's little sister comes to visit and he plays Robin's sister's boyfriend who's being an asshole and trying to pressure her into having sex before she wants or before she's ready I guess um, and most recently Ryan Pinkston has been on a few episodes of the new like Will and Grace revival Something I did find kind of interesting, um, he was in a movie in 2007 called Extreme Movie. It was like when they had all those stupid movies that were based on scary movie, like romantic movie and superhero movie. Um, so he was in Extreme Movie, which also starred Frankie Muniz and Rob Pinkston. No relation. But Rob Pinkston was also an actor on punk and he played Coconut Head from Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. So, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of cool. Well, you guys, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining me. This episode was a little bit crazy on my end, um, but thank you for sticking with me. And thank you so much if you gave me a nice rating or review on iTunes this week. I really appreciate that. Um, If you would. And you haven't, please do. I would really love that. Or if not iTunes, anywhere else. Or you can just like post about it or tell a friend or send me a message. Um, Let me know if you have suggestions or anything. I would love to start doing shows based on what people want here so if there's something that you really love let me know there's some that I have like on my list already and you know like there are a lot of really good shows out there and I don't want to do like all the super popular ones like right on the off the bat so I need to like spread it out and sprinkle them in but if you have a suggestion and especially if it's something that's like a little bit off the beaten path those are really fun too so let me know you can follow me on Facebook at Snapback to Reality Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Snapback to Reality Pod. And you can email me at snapbackpodcast at gmail.com. Like I said, if you have a suggestion or a question or anything else you want to talk about, just send me an email. Um, yeah, you guys, thank you so much. And I will see you soon. Bye.